Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Orange County, California. How are you guys doing? You look like tennis players with the yeah. t-shirts on. <laughs> we rarely wear white. Wow, that was hard to say. Because you taught me not to wear white on camera. Yeah, well, it, um, it used to cause some funkiness with our video. But here we are, and I have my American Faith shirt on. That's a good news channel. It I is. I really do enjoy going to that on occasion. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, AmericaFaith.com. It's put together by Influence Church and some other folks talking about um, a biblical worldview to politics and social situations. It's, yeah. it's great. You should check it out. Pastor Phil and his team put that together. Um, and then tonight we have our Bible study. Looking forward to seeing what uh, God gives us on this one. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can take anymore. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. <laughs> It's been something else. We really enjoy our life group. It would be great. I, I know that we talk about it being a life group, now that I understand the difference. Um, it would be difficult to broadcast it live because people share so much there. Oh, yeah. And uh, But it it would make a great... It's like broadcasting a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be so great. I don't want to broadcast me breaking down and crying. Oh, that would have been the best of the, no. of the episodes. That would be like the top 10 episode. <laughs> no. Are you throwing the pillows? Maybe we could pitch a reality show to American Faith. Oh. <laughs> wow, I think you got something. You think so? Yes, because we go pretty, pretty deep. Wait, we. It's led by three uh, men who are, are they all three pastors? Well, I mean, they're pretty knowledgeable, I think, hmm. for the most four. part. I mean, the, the, uh, the other guy. Dan. Yeah, Dan, he's yeah. pretty knowledgeable, too. Mature Christian, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So enough about that. All right, go to resurrectministry.com. That's where you'll find maybe our future show. Yeah. Our <laughs> All of our content, at least so far. I just want to remind you guys that uh, how you help us is by commenting and sharing uh, the broadcast. So yes. while you're watching, whether you're watching right now live or the replay uh, on either Facebook, uh, in, uh, not Instagram, what's that called? LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn YouTube. Twitter or Twitch or Rumble, uh, comment. And that way other people will be um, blessed by what God's, God has to say. Not us, but what God has to say with these devotionals. We're reading from Smith Wigglesworth Devotional for May 23rd. And the title is God is with you. What's interesting about this, um, this bit of scripture is that, uh, I mean, it's interesting for more than this, but because <laughs> it's God's word in Smith, um, is that, God has led us in, in this path that we currently on to the point where you have written another, but I think one of the most amazing articles that I've heard, I, I heard because you read it to me oh, out loud. That thank I think you. you've written along in, in, of all the ones you've written. No. I think so. I don't know why it was so moving. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, you guys are really going to enjoy this article that comes out Thursday. Uh, it is. Uh, it's something else. It, it's, it's right on with... With almost like the, not the conclusion, but... I'm trying of, to summarize the things that the Lord's been walking us through the past couple of weeks. So mm. I hope I did it justice. I think so. Hey, Jen Bennett's on. Live. We've been waiting for you, Jen. Where have you been? <laughs> she couldn't catch us live. From Indiana. We've been waiting for somebody from Indiana. Hopefully you're not from Gary, Indiana. Because <laughs> Gary is a little scary. Is it? Yes. Okay. It's in a song. Okay. Oh, sorry. I want to talk about Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Squirrel. All right. God is with you. Uh, the reference is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. 
But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Mm, so good. So true. And so in line with what we've been learning. Scripture reading is Romans 8, 31 through 39. And Smith says in this devotional, dare you take your inheritance from God? Dare you believe God? Dare you stand on the record of his word? What is the record? If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. You will be sifted as wheat. You will be tested as though some strange thing tried you. You will be put in places where you will have to put your whole trust in God. No kidding. Every trial is to bring you to a greater position in God. The trial that tries your faith will take you on to the place where you will know that the faith of God will be forthcoming in the next test. No man is able to win any victory except through the power of the risen Christ within him. Yes. You will never be able to say, I did this or that. You will, deserve, you will desire to give God the glory for everything. What a difference that is. If you are sure of your ground, if you are counting on the presence of the living Christ within, you can laugh when you see things getting worse. We laugh a lot yeah. when here. <laughs> Going to hell in a handbasket, it that, seems. That's right. We're in California. God wants you to be settled and grounded in Christ and to become steadfast and unmovable in him. The Lord Jesus said, I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. That's from Luke 12.50. Assuredly, he was obedient to the will of his father in Gethsemane, in the judgment hall, and after that, on the cross, where he, through the eternal spirit, of offered himself without spot to God. God will take us right on in the... God will take us right on in like manner, and the Holy Spirit will lead every step of the way. God led him right through to the empty tomb to the glory of the ascension, to a place on the throne. Thought for today. The Son of God will never be satisfied until he has us with himself, sharing his glory and sharing his throne. So good. Wow. So before we go on to all of that assuredness, I want to expound a bit on this first verse. Okay. Because it's one of my favorites. Uh, I recited it to a young brother that I was um, helping as he came. He was a new believer in Christ, and he was one of those that just got baptized at church in, in Easter. And he was talking about how his, like his walk with God is so significantly impacted by temptation. He's a young guy. And he's like, I just don't know how to handle it. I feel like I'm constantly slipping. And I reminded him of this passage because the Bible teaches us that there's no temptation that's new, despite the fact that we're in a social media age, there's electronics, there's been the industrial revolution, all of these technological, technological advances do not change that the only three sources of temptation are the lust of the eyes, lust, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Mm. So these are all common. Every one of them will fit into one of those categories and that when we are tempted, when we call on God, he will provide a way of escape that none of us is forced to surrender to sin. Even in the midst of the mm. sin, he will provide us a way of escaping it if we just obey, if we just listen, if we call on him. 
And it's so important to remind ourselves of that because sometimes we can find ourselves caught in sin that we didn't expect to find ourselves caught in. But the Lord is true and his promises are true and he will provide a way of escape. Hmm. That's so reassuring for me. Not put you in, in any, you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Able to bear, in other words. But even, even we, even when we do it to ourselves. So temptation is usually something that comes from ourselves. God never tempts us. He tests us, but mm. he does not tempt us with evil. So we put ourselves in situations of evil, but if we call on him, he will make a way of escape. Mm. So he, he doesn't allow us to be tempted. Is If you really rest on that promise, then you believe that you don't, you won't even put yourself in a situation beyond which you could bear or get out of. Oh, I guess that's true. Unless you're jumping off a bridge. Right. <laughs> and I mean, uh, to me- I know, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of all these very difficult- Well, to me, it comes, uh, adultery comes to mind. Yeah. Where, but as Pastor Jack of Calvary Chapel has uh, often said, is that you really have to take several affirmative steps in adultery to really disobey God. In other words, even if you're in a situation of lust or temptation, there is a way out. You usually end up making a conscious choice not to listen to the voice that tells you no um, in order to engage in a sin that um, devastating to your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the person doesn't just fall on top of you. No. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Usually several times in which you have a way of escape that you just choose not to take. So you can't go back and be like, God, you didn't let me escape. And he's like, no, nah, come on come now. On. Come on, son, daughter. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. Right. And for me, the better analogy, because um, thank God I haven't come up on that one, but the better analogies is for me, anger. When I feel the temptation to explode, come on. When I turn to God, he provides a way of escape. He'll tell me, you know, don't be upset about this. This is something that, you know, this is just a trigger for you. Go do something else. Divert your attention. You know what I mean? Do something that makes you happy. You know what I mean? All these kinds of things that will drive me away from the sin um, if I turn to him. It goes back to our graphic. We could choose self-protection or God's protection. When we're confronted with a sin, we have the option to choose God's protection instead of our own. Right. This uh, second paragraph, and Jen, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean, hopefully I didn't upset you. <laughs> she has a comment and says, Why would you upset me? Oh, because I talked Gary? about Gary, Indiana. Oh. But I think about that about Los Angeles. You're from Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. I say, don't go home. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Be careful. <laughs> don't stop and talk yeah, to strangers. we're from California. We have no, I have nothing to say about you know, the I am not dealing with here either. Um, we have uh, some some craziness, but um, anybody else that's on, we saw a number of people there. Oh, we have a quite a large crowd watching. Uh, make sure to comment. Let us know what you think about this uh, particular devotional. When I read the second uh, paragraph of Smith's uh, devotional, where he says, every trial is to bring you to a greater position in God, 
the trial that tries your faith will take you uh, on to the place where you will know that the faith of God will be forthcoming in the next test. And we talked about this yesterday a lot where uh, I talked about that we had this uh, saying in the police academy uh, for our canines that we were training that train hard, fight easy, that this fits into that, that yes. every trial prepares you for the next trial. Yes. As long as long as you are understanding that God is the source of the relief or the decision victory. making or the victory that you, you fall back on it. And this is how this is, again, yeah. this is really key because in the early days of my walk with Christianity, it was me going, I, I went to church on Sunday. Why is this still happening? <laughs> and you're and, and it's a blame game in that stage that you're, we're blaming God. And then and we you make, hear that as an, as an argument against God. And you make decisions that didn't come from God right. to solve the problem. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it, like, for example, when we were about to be homeless, we were, we had 60 days. Um, I told Andy, well, maybe we should just get separate places, you know, and then wait till we come back together again. Like we, just like Abraham said to Sarah, he's like, you know, Sarah said to Abraham, I can't have a kid. Why don't you just sleep with the housekeeper? You know? I kind of looked at you like, like Abraham, like, <laughs> Huh? <laughs> what are you saying? Well, that's what, but that's what we do, right? In our flesh, we panic. And so when we rest on God's promises and his victory, I mean, we were four days till homelessness and he came through. And so we know now were we to be struck with homelessness again, <laughs> God, or whatever the challenge may be, God will be there. You just have to wait until he answers. Well, that's see, and this is kind of makes my point. Right, that, exactly. I, I don't, I don't That's know if you've ever been faced with homelessness before, but I have. No. <laughs> and God always provided. I've and never. I uh, and I knew. I go and listen. He he gave us skills that we know how to use. Right, there are some people that weren't given skills or did not have the opportunity to know how God has given us the ability to escape certain things. It's one of the things I worry about kids, kids these days, right here in my old age, uh, having have we us having little kids and that kind of stuff and seeing with their friends and, and they have no skill. Like we, we know of a couple of kids, you know, that are friends of our kids that you just go, why, why are they so lazy? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why, you know, and the, you wonder if they don't know how to do their wash, what else do they not know how to do? Right. If they don't know how to do certain things. And you worry about them. Uh, and that's kind of like that thing. You push them out into the world with, with no, with never having had to fly before. They're going to crash and burn. There's just no doubt. But God has, has, yeah. has prepared us with the skills that we've known. To but get preparing through. us to rely on him. Yeah, You've idea. survived outside of the will of God just by allowing just, what, good luck? You no, know what I mean? I never lost faith. I never <laughs> okay, lost yes, faith. Okay, yes, you had faith in that. In that I had faith. <laughs> there you go. And I, I and I, I would, and I, and I surely shared the limelight with God <laughs> and said, "Okay, I, I did this along with you." Yeah. Now, what the difference is, I can say very clearly now, is that it's all from God. There Everything. Go. Okay. Everything. Every, you, our relationship, um, our children, our relationship with our children. Good and bad is is from God. It's in in our life has been so blessed by Him, as Absolutely. this has become far more apparent, especially Bef to me. Before <laughs> meeting Christ, 
I overcome difficulty in my own strength. So I am a master of taking personal credit. I never failed because I didn't let myself fail. Right. So I, that put in a tremendous amount of stress on me. So now what I find myself doing in, in Christ is trying to rest in him and not trying to keep grabbing the wheel. Right. It's very, very different. It's, it's very, very different. And it's, it's giving up the control and surrendering to his perfect will and realizing it may not look like I wanted it to look. It may not look like I thought it would look, but it's his will over mine. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. But I mean, really, I think that the thing is really even looking at even the things that we can do well, whether it's speak or type numbers into a spreadsheet or that is neither of our skills no it's (laughs) no it's it's now as we begin to understand what god has given us and what he wants to do uh, wants us to do with it yes he's going no i gave that to you to do this other thing why are you doing that (laughs) that i that i'm definitely learning (laughs) no no i didn't i didn't need you to do that i need you to do this with that yes absolutely right and let's get to the third paragraph which is oh as we briefly mentioned, if you're sure of your ground, counting on the presence of the living Christ within you, you can laugh when you see things getting worse. And that is so true. It is like, what are are we witnessing here? You know, it's all the messages that God has been speaking to us is draw closer to me. You're going to need it. And, uh, there is going to be utter chaos around us. And as Americans, that is frightening. We are not used to having empty shelves. No. We are not used to, you know, exorbitant inflation like Venezuela, you know? And if our country declines to that point, um, how many Christians, as I wrote in the article, COVID was a, was a demonstration of how much of our personal freedoms, Christ came to set us free. He sent the captives free. How much people are willing to go back into captivity of tyranny and oppression for the sake of comfort and security. And so how many Christians at that point will accept, you know, bread shortages and all, I mean, look at what we accepted in COVID being locked down, wearing a mask, vaccinating our children, all of these preposterous things for safety. And what Christ does in drawing us near is it doesn't matter in life or death mm-hmm. to live as Christ and die as gain is that we have to get to that point so that we do not sacrifice the kingdom for worldly gain. And did you just say this? Did you say that and the Israelites were willing to go back into slavery? Oh yeah. In, in, oh, in the wilderness, yeah. they were like, send us back to Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> At least we ate well there. You brought us into the desert to die, you know, constantly complaining. They started worshiping the golden calf. Yeah. 40 days, Moses was gone and they started worshiping the calf. Yeah. You know, it was just people resort to what is comfortable yeah. in times of crisis. Yeah. As we're learning in the life group too. Such weakness. <laughs> and we're strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and Jen laughs and says, uh, no, not Gary but almost as bad Indianapolis. I've always wanted to go to the Indianapolis 500. I didn't know. Indy 500, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not as bad as Gary. I've seen some, 
some pictures of Gary lately. Uh, and Marco says, Ah, this is an important concept. I have a hard time accepting that suffering is from God. Well, see, that's the thing is, is that when you describe God as this like rainbows and unicorns, that's when suffering from God is difficult. And it's like there are, I believe, tests and challenges that God walks us through. As he has said in the past, he's the refiner. He's the refiner so that through the suffering and the difficulty, we become pure like gold. Remember, his ultimate goal is to draw us closer to his likeness. So through mimicking his suffering, we draw closer to his likeness. So that it's not suffering for suffering's sake. It is to purify us and to bring us to a state of holiness. And um, it, it's just a very different way of looking at God. And so that uh, our, uh, I love how Paul says, his power is made perfect in my weakness and therefore I will boast of my weakness all the more is that we, by showing us how weak and feeble we are, the glory of God becomes more manifest in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's not suffering for suffering's sake. It's suffering um, for glory's sake. Well, here's a, I hope you don't, may I use a dog analogy? Of course. <laughs> uh, and this, I think, fits and hopefully it'll, it'll connect. And that is, uh, as a dog trainer of 35, 40 years or so, however long I was doing it, um, is that I would get called for a problem that the dog would attack another dog or attack a person or you know, pull the arms off the, the person that was trying to take, take him for a walk. Inevitably, I would show up and the dog would not act up. And seen it a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I go, come on. And, they, and so what we would have to do is create a situation so the dog would be able to act out and to make the error, to have the bad behavior so I could correct it. Right. And they're thinking, well, why would you want to put the dog in a situation where he would fail? So I can show not only the dog what is wrong and what is right, but what it is that its leader wants. Or as I, as I tell them, I said, you, the dog has to look to you for everything. Kind of like, and I would tell them this, kind of like as a Christian, we look to God for everything. Everything comes from him. Our food, our, our bed, yes. our, our housing, everything comes from him. I want this dog to look at you the same way. And so we have to put the dog in the situation to fail so he can see that you do not accept that. And that when he does that thing, you will correct him for it. And then you will show him the positive behavior. Great. So you have to have both. You have to have to show the dog what is bad behavior because maybe he doesn't know. We're talking about a dog. Yeah, we typically know. But if the, if we see, well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with me going out late at night and hanging out with my buddies? I come home to you. I should be allowed to do that because I work my tail off. And sometimes coming to you is not fun. I want to go out with my friends and it seems okay. But then God will put you in a situation where you were, where you will fail, where you will have a bad consequence and go, Oh, that's why you don't want that's me doing why. this. <laughs> I love and that. thereby comes the correction and the, Oh, okay. God, everything comes to you. And you were warning me not to do that, but I did it anyway. And it got badly corrected. Almost lost my marriage. I'm not saying that. I'm not, yeah. But to God, you say, Oh, I see. I can lose the things that are good. Did that analogy, that dog analogy. Absolutely. All right. So um, I think you have an answer to this one that Marco says. What if you feel like you've suffered your whole life? Hmm. I 
probably do. I mean, I, I think that that's how I felt until about three years ago. <laughs> Marcos, yes, uh, yeah, that's why I, I want Andy to speak from yeah, that experience. Just a, a lead. It's so good, but it's so much deeper, and we've already been on for 24 minutes. But um, Oh, you need more than 20 minutes. No, I don't, but I'm just thinking because (laughs) there's a setup that, I mean, it was, there was the suffering was all from me and none of it was from God, but God allowed (laughs) it There you go. There Uh, you go. I nearly, again. How much of the suffering is from ourselves? Nearly being homeless where the police department or the marshal's office comes to my house and nails, you have to be out, you know, the, the sign on my door, you have to be out in 30 days, Right. My neighbors know I'm a cop and here they come, law enforcement <laughs> and, and nails a sign to my door that says I'm about to be, my house is about to be repossessed or whatever you call it. Yeah. It's called, it's called foreclosed. Foreclosed on. And how embarrassing, but that was me. That wasn't God, but God allowed it to happen. He allowed me. He goes, Hey, listen, you want to, you want to play games with me? This is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And it was on top of everything else that I had done at that point. And I thought I, I'd been suffering my entire life. And then finally, because you can do, you can do uh, one of two things. You can go further away from God and blame him and say, forget this. I want to be an atheist. Or you can do what I did by sheer the power of the Holy Spirit and God and said, okay, I submit to you. Whatever that looks like. Just tell me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give up chasing women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give up, uh, you know, a whole lot of stuff that I was doing that just wasn't helping. And I submit to you. I began going to church more often. I began reading the devotional. I began to spend more time in the Bible. And I submit to you. Tell me through everything that you want, you're asking me to do with you uh, in this relationship. And my life completely changed. But it was a choice, my choice, uh, uh, to stop testing God and to follow him. Did I answer the question? In the way Absolutely. That it might happen? <laughs> but that is the truth. That is surely the truth. Um, and then Wayne says, if I is used in the solution of a problem, pride is there. Pride takes a lot of work. When you get used to trusting God, it is so peaceful and even exciting mm-hmm. to watch how he works in using the situation to grow us. Yeah. And that's so true because the it, it depends on where you how your orientation, because for me, the letting go scares the daylights out of me. So. Yeah, I'm learning to find peace in it, but the but it is not easy. So it is I have the solution. God, just just step aside and I will handle it. And he's like, no, you need to step aside and let me handle it. And so there's often this tug that happens uh, and it is his way is always better. But like I said, it doesn't turn out necessarily how you expect. And so. I think also the point of Marco saying you suffer is that I know I've had to go through a lot of healing because when I looked back to my life pre um, pre Christ, it was at times pretty brutal. Like I, I underwent some pretty nasty things that could have left me broken and bitter. And I uh, meditated on those things and brought them to the feet of Jesus and said, I need you to heal me. I need deliverance from these strongholds over my life. And he revealed some really amazing things. So I encourage anyone that is suffering from certain strongholds to take them to the Lord and talk about them with him. And it was everything from the 
uh, demonic oppression that Persians as a culture uh, had undergone for centuries. Like my family engaged in debauchery at one level or another for centuries, like all the way back to the beginning of time that had a stronghold over my life and my, and my daughter's life. Is that the generational curse? Generational curse, mm -hmm. right? And uh, just the, it's forgiveness. I had to forgive um, my ex for what he had put me through and realized that, you know, he just did what he was taught to do. And all of these things that I thought were done to me, uh, but I had a certain hand in some of them, like you described, and other things that God revealed to me was part of how he was growing me to be stronger. It's so that when he told me I was a general in the army of Christ, it made sense. And uh, again, I, I go back to my experience with my friend Marzia, who's like, who could, you know, who's a Christian and they got thrown in prison. It was subject to a death sentence for being a Christian in Iran. And instead of turning away from the Lord, she's like, you know, give me what you give me, whatever you got. I'm not because they told her she could renounce Christ and be forgiven, set free. And she's like, absolutely not. And that kind of trial and she suffered years of abuse in prison. But that kind of trial is something that God um, brings you out of in a way that creates a strength and a resilience that you couldn't imagine. Uh, but it's it's really important to run through uh, the difficulties in your life with God and, and understand which ones are tests and purification processes and which one you did to yourself and what are the strongholds that cause you to make those mistakes over and over again. Mm -hmm. Marcos, that was awesome. I, think I really appreciate you sharing that because um, it was so, there's so much of you that you revealed there. It was not always easy. Uh, Marco says, my ego or need for control is just very big for me. I think my fears and worries is a distorted way to hold on to control. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I just described. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I was thinking that. Um, yeah, Andy we, had the same thing. We, I, I, I only have like things like the police academy where I was not that great in, in school. I, I was not, uh, not a straight A student. <laughs> I had to take math a couple times. But then I get into the police academy and everybody laughed like, oh, you're not going to make it to the police academy. Are you kidding me? And I ended up uh, graduating in the top of the class. Uh, but that's uh, but it's easy for me. So talking about ego is that I was I was like one and two for almost the entire academy in, in, in my positioning for graduation. And you think that's from you. Right. You get it kind of whatever. And then I get into the police department. I'm uh, officer of the year and career achievement award, which happened really quickly. Uh, based on some stuff that was going on and some things that we were doing there. But when we, we started thinking about I, right, that, that's where my I started, right? It started with the academy, with the, with the awards. And didn't that, uh, didn't that pride also lead to conflict with, your, with authorities as a result? Oh, of course. Yeah. The, and then my work with the canine, because there was not anybody that had gone to the extent that I had gone, I had gone into to learn about dogs. And so now here I am, a lot about I was my life. As a, and I, that's why I always say all the time, gosh, I wonder how different my career as a police officer would have been if I had Christ in my life. Because so much was about me. And uh, so it's easy to get caught up with, with you. Uh, I see you had, um, had always had this great intelligence and were able to graduate from USC and UCLA and, uh, and get your law degree and all this kind of stuff. And, I, and then you're in Syria and you're using your smarts to get out of situations during a civil war and survive. 
But I can see that's the same thing where you have these experiences and things going on. And it's really easy to have this my ego uh, thing going on. It's hard to shake. It's hard to shake. Because you always think I can just go to me to solve this problem. Right. I'm a as survivor. Opposed to going to God to solve the problem. Two different directions. Absolutely. Down <laughs> or, <laughs> or up. Because <laughs> eventually yourself goes down. Yes. At some point, it'll lead you down a dark that's alley. The part, that's the part I forgot. Is that we we can have some successes and we think, well, this is really cool. Right. You know, I had a couple boats, I had a couple houses at the time, and we had a bunch of stuff. It all looks great, but that's not that's not the end all be all. And how is your life? How are your relationships? How are you doing with your children? And that's where it all begins. Like, sure, you I can hop into my what I have a convertible BMW or my truck. I picked a car. Like for me, I mean. You growing up in Beverly Hills, that's a little bit more, more normal. But for me, growing up in La Mirada, California, to me, I, it was all me. Yes. Right. And so that's where I always knew to go because it was an ego thing. But my relationships were failing. Uh, my, so you know, I right. just like nothing was, nothing was working until finally he took it all away. Like, okay, you think all that stuff is great? I'm going to take it all away from you. Now let's see how you, how you do. And for me, one of the major turning points, um, that is really good because it's, it's true because if you look at, so one of the turning points for me, often when I describe, I describe the successes of my career, but one of the turning points that made me leave Islam was my personal life had gotten to a point, quite frankly, a single word I could describe was disgusting. And I remember crying to God, the whatever God I knew saying, how did I get here? You know what I mean? Like, what, why am I here? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't you love me anymore? And it wow. made me, and it made me realize that it was, it was it, all the things that I had accomplished meant nothing because I was personally breaking. I was personally dying, you mm. know, and that was one of the, the, the callings of the Lord to, to him mm. is that, are you like, basically, I felt like he was looking down at me going, are you done here yet? Like, are, are we done with this? Mm. Because I had so much professional success for so long, it was easy to stay trapped in it. It wasn't until I realized my personal circumstances were a mess that I was even open to hear the voice of the Lord. Just to uh, hopefully finish up on this point because we could go on, because this is a really good discussion. I love listening to you tell your I love story. listening to you. Um, but uh, I, I think about there's these few things that people will say that kind of kick you in the teeth. And one of them is that when they on your tombstone where it says, you know, mine will be 1962 and then there's a dash and then to whatever year you died. And they say, what's what's in that dash when when it's time for somebody for for the fill in that last number? What is it that people are going to say about that dash? Is anybody going to even show up? <laughs> yeah, they say, you know, how good a person nice, you were yeah. <laughs> when you know how many people show up at your funeral. And is, is your wife going to show up and your children going to show up? What are they going to write on your tombstone? What are they going to write on your tombstone? Thank God. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> what took Beloved so long father, to take them? mother, <laughs> child. <laughs> good riddance. Rest in peace. <laughs> Even the dirt doesn't want to hold them. <laughs> You know, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Oh, yeah, go get buried in that BMW. Who gives, who cares? Right. I mean, what happens when you're dead? What are they going to say about you? Do your children love you? Yes. I mean, does your wife love you? Do your friends come and, and say goodbye and have nice things to say about you? Amen.
that's uh that's that's what's important none of the other stuff matters wow marco says i feel like i've had god all my life yet i feel like i'm barely learning his lessons well it's it's about time marcos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i say it all the time uh marcos it's and never I, too it late. sounds like uh, you and i marcos have the same path but um it's because of the journey that we i think in many ways have been given this um opportunity god has given this opportunity to, uh, for us to speak to all of you to share that you are just like us that our relationship with god has never been stronger and we've seen the results of that love and that relationship like no other time in our life better late than never but uh the stories the opportunity to share our testimony i think is what um God is pleased with, I think. I believe you. That's yeah. absolutely true. And 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 then listening to Hetty and anytime I go, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And she goes, really? You have to ask. Because <laughs> <laughs> a message will come up from Pastor Jack or Pastor Matthew, and I'll go, oh my gosh, did you hear what that said? That's just like the thing. I, I go, how did that happen? And she like goes, still? You don't know how that happens? All right, we haven't even got to the scripture yet. Let's go ahead and get to the scripture. And uh, I didn't, uh, we didn't copy and paste it. Hold on, let me do that really fast. We made a promise to do this. So we are going to do it. It is Romans 8, 31. Which is something that's in my article and something that Andy's been marveling over the past couple of days. Absolutely. What then shall I say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that, persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'd like to pray for Marcos and our guests too before we sign up. Okay, sounds good. Hebrews 9, 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Amen. Wayne Martins. Um, Marcos, what are you going to do now with what God has given you? This new knowledge to push your ego away and to bring him closer. What are you going to do now? That's what's important. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for his blood that was shed for us to be free Free us all, your sons and daughters, from the shackles of the strongholds that bind our minds and our hearts. For we're saved in an instant, but yet our hearts and our minds must be transformed daily to the mind of Christ. And so that we ask that you take every thought captive under the command 
of Christ Jesus. Every thought, Lord, that draws us back into a life of sin. The old is gone and the new has come. Help us to walk in that victory, Lord. We ask for your son, Marcos, that you show him what is of him and what is of you. And that you draw him close to you and that you show him that your ways are perfect and that you have plans to prosper him and not to harm him, to give him a hope and a future. All of us, Lord, need your armor to surround us, to give us the strength to go through daily life with your living spirit within us. We ask that you anoint us with oil to walk us in green pastures so that we may be at peace, Lord, and that when the trials and tribulations come, we stand. We stand on your word, with the shield of faith, with the sword of the spirit, which is the infallible, never-ending word of God. And we thank you for your Bible. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the only begotten Son of the Father. We love you. We honor you. We worship you with all that we are and everything that we do, Lord. And we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends, have a great evening. We'll um, again be going to uh, our Bible study. I'm sure we'll have some. Our life group. Our life group, sorry. <laughs> so pretty used to. Yeah. Um, I'm sure God will have some amazing things to tell us uh, as we continue with our, our study that we have there. Yes. Um, learning about, I don't even know what you, what do you call that? That graph. That I don't using. know. Life graph. Life graph. <laughs> But we do want to tell you about the Edify app. Go ahead there, Hedia. Yeah, please check it out. The Christian Podcast Network, some great content. And if you like and subscribe, we greatly appreciate. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. And one more thing again, just go to resurrectministry.com, check it out. And I want to thank all of our uh, friends who have gone there and clicked on the, the contribute button. Uh, we appreciate you so much. You. That really does help. Um, but really, um, the comments are, are 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 appreciated, and the shares of the broadcast are appreciated. And don't forget, we're on LinkedIn now too. In addition to Rumble, Twitch, and Twitter, and Facebook. All right, my friends, we love you guys. God, God bless. bless. Take care. Bye. Bye.